This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. Hello, my name is Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling and you are listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast and you better keep listening to it. Why? Here's why. You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. And welcome to another episode of the Pod Mania Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Gooden. I'm joined by Chris O'Brien. How are you, my sexy Scottish friend? I think my some of, some of my friends don't live... Like, I live at home, so I like, at least have people to talk to, as maddening as my father is. Um, but some of my friends live on their own, and I think they're going mad. In what way? Well, my friend keeps sending me facts that I already know. Can you give us an example? For example, okay, yeah. Well, yesterday he messaged me going, "Did you know I'm the British coat of arms? Um, the unicorn representing Scotland is in chains." I'm like, "Yes, I, I lived through the referendum. I know. What, I I would get chains off a unicorn was a fucking nationalist battle cry." <laughs> I live in Scotland. Come on, of course I know this. <laughs> like everyone in Scotland knows this, and if they don't know this, I doubt they're Scottish. Um, aside from that, how are you dealing with isolation? I'm mostly just doing uni work, so like this time of year is normally isolation anyway. Because I just need to get shit done, like last month. So it's it's pretty much just your normal state of affairs, then, is it? Yeah, except um, everyone else in the house is really agitated when I finish and go downstairs. Right. Okay. So basically, and also, you're also fine, but the family are like. Rrr. Yeah, my mum, mum's got asthma and got a last few things. She's just not allowed outside. Ah, uh, she classed as vulnerable. Yeah, she's my dad, who's sixty-five, has had three heart attacks, has diabetes, like or, or, like a massive list of medical conditions. Didn't get a letter. My mum, who just had some asthma, got that letter and isn't allowed outside. Your dad, the walking medical miracle, isn't a vulnerable adult. <laughs> no, he's not classed. As... He's sixty-five as well. He's getting his pension. Jesus Christ! Absolutely. Mental. <laughs> lunacy. Um, it's lunacy, isn't it? That's quite a nice segue, actually, Chris, because guess what is happening tomorrow as we record? I, I it, It's WrestleMania, isn't it? It's, I'm still confused about when WrestleMania is at, or if WrestleMania is actually whoa, You tell me it's whoa, WrestleMania! Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's WrestleMania weekend, and fucking hell does it not feel... Like WrestleMania weekend. Are you excited no, yeah, like, for the show, Chris? It's weird. Like as I've got more into SmackDown, like my excitement in WrestleMania is more. You know, it's you know the feeling when you go to a music festival and you're not excited for the headline, but you're excited for all the wee guys on the small stages. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that every WrestleMania weekend in the last couple of years. You haven't like, been excited, excited by the main the... event. No, I'm not excited by like the mania, but like for example, um, but like. 
GCW always puts on like fun shows and they're fun like short shows, like two hour shows, so you can watch them with no problem. Um, the WrestleCon stuff is always fun. Um, New Japan is always in town and it's great. Always just fun seeing New Japan stars in front of American crowds, no matter what the quality is. Ahem, <laughs> G1 Supercard. Um, and then take and then takeover for like the last what four years has been has been the highlight of Mania weekend. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird not having a takeover tomorrow. I mean, it's weird having WrestleMania over two days, but it's it's weird and not having a takeover. To be fair, we wanted WrestleMania over two days. We did, and hopefully this is a trope that they continue with after all this is you know finally blown over, as opposed to just going right, everything's back to normal. A nineteen-hour mania it is with a fourteen-hour Triple H entrance. And then um, a pre-show where oh, every time it's something exciting is happening on screen, they cut to a fucking commercial. Oh, God, tell me about it. Absolutely shocking. However, like what got me last year was when um, Tony Nese and Buddy Murphy were having their match. A really fun match. Um, and then um, it was for two or five commentators, so it must have been um, English. And he was like, ah, the two or five guy, live guys finally getting a chance to shine. Cuts to commercial. <laughs> um, so, obviously, Mania, we've got our official predictions. You can go to www.podmania.co.uk to check them out. They're up on the site now. They'll be on Twitter uh, tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. GMT. Check them out. See who you agree with. At the moment, Chris, Garth is a complete non-factor because he's so shit at this. Um, it's It's basically... Between me and you, I'm currently on 20 points. You're currently on 16. Um, usually, Mania Weekend is where you do all your catching up. Um, you know, you usually get... For one time. <laughs> well, it's been the last two times you've caught up over those two uh, over those two Manias. So, obviously, this, we can only get one point for the one show. Um, well, I mean, there's two, there's two shows. Surely we should, like, divvy up between the two shows. Well, as of recording... Uh, we're recording this on the 3rd of April at half past five BST or GMT, depending on which one you use. Uh, we still don't know what matches are on what night. So, I mean, it's not, we're, we're big boys, Rob. We can we can figure that out after the fact. <laughs> no, no, no. It's going as one show. It's WrestleMania. It's always been just, one show. You just don't want me to catch. We did Wrestle Kingdom in two different predictions. Uh, we did, yes, but we knew what shows were on, what matches were on what night. I mean, we didn't. We did. I mean, we did, but we also didn't. Well, we didn't. Yeah, we'd we'd guessed who was going to be in the main event. Um, very last thing on WrestleMania then, because obviously this is an all elite podcast. What matches are you most looking forward to on the Mania cards? You've seen the card now. You've given your predictions, uh, which did make me laugh because you gave War Raiders as your original answer for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships. War Raiders, of course, who aren't on the card at right. all. <laughs> I have a reason. Um, I was uh, like right um, a few hours before you messaged this. I watched Adam Blampier's WrestleMania booking video, who had War Raiders in it, and I was just in my head. I was like, "Oh, it must be War Raiders." But no, it's Austin Theory for some reason with um, Angel Garza. Like, yeah, I keep forget. Like, why is he suddenly? Why? What? Why? I like Austin Theory, but why? Um, basically, Chris, I think it's a case of Andrade can't wrestle because he's injured. I believe uh, someone mentioned he got a shoulder injury, I think. Um, Rey uh -huh. Mysterio can't wrestle because he's injured. Originally, it was going to be Andrade versus 
uh, Andrade and Gaza taking on the Street Profits. For some bizarre reason, I've got no idea why, in this 16-match card, they couldn't fit a United States Championship match on there. Uh, Rey Mysterio's not injured, sorry, he's in isolation, is what I meant. Ah. Um, to be fair, he's definitely an Irish citizen. Yeah, so I don't really understand the booking behind Austin Theory and Angel Garza going for the tag championships, but good God, it's WWE, so they're probably going to win it. In terms of like what what I was excited for was like Edge Orton, Drew Lesnar, RB, um, both both of which were matches that rely so heavily on a cr- on crowd involvement. Yes, especially that Brock versus Drew match. I feel yeah, Brock, Brock is such matches... a superpower that he needs. You know, there needs to be an audience reaction when he's finally beaten as all. Yeah. Oh no, Chris, uh, Garth thinks that uh, Brock is going to overcome Garth the Scottish psychopath. Does this. Because Garth seems to think, um, Garth seems to mistake a good swerve for a Russo swerve. I was so tempted to message him saying, "Shock, Garth's gone for Shayna Baszler." Yeah, no. To be fair, didn't I also go for Shayna? No, so I did I. Yes, I did. So did we I. all went for Shayna. <laughs> we all think Shayna Baszler's going to do fair. Um, yeah, but like Edge and Austin was what I was looking forward to, just because I was like, I was looking forward to that massive pop Edge is going to get. He's he was on he was on both our top ten lists, wasn't he? Uh, yes, yes, he was. Well, he was on mine. I can't remember if he was on yours because I was drunk during that recording. But um, the professionalism yeah. of Podmania, people. But now, like, it's I'm just looking forward to stuff that would just be like objectively good in ring. For like, for example, I, I'm going to enjoy seeing the Kabuki Warriors because I I never see them and I love Asuka and I love Kyrie, um, Sammy and um, Brian because holy shit. <laughs> Um, mm. Yeah, it's uh, and also like Wyatt versus Cena because I want daft shit to happen. I don't think it will, but I want it to happen. Well, there are rumors that obviously the entire thing's been pre-recorded; it's just airing over the next two days. Um, but apparently, the Cena versus Wyatt match is basically the house of horrors part two um hopefully it's a darn sight better than that match was i mean it'll be darn sight better because the bright person will actually win in this match with wyatt um presumably and hopefully winning you know rather comfortably after his humbling at the hands of goldberg who they've just thrown into a match now with braun Strowman. With so braun Strowman. And like everyone went for roman and then you were like by the way full disclosure that's been changed for braun and then we were like yeah, Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, we we have across the board uh, gone for Goldberg. Anyway, um, let's move away from WrestleMania. I wanted to talk first about how we changed our AEW Dynamite review. It's it's too hard work to do watch-alongs every week. Um, it's a lot to ask for you, the listeners, to listen to our stupid-ass voices for over two hours, and it's a lot for us to watch and commentate at the same time so for the foreseeable future we will still be watching AEW dynamite every week but we will starting with this week the first of april we will be doing just a review of the show didn't the police try to shut this taping down (laughs) yes i believe so i believe so um apparently they have had a considerable amount taped to put in the bank um i've heard as well that double or nothing is going ahead, but will be an empty arena show. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. To be fair, America's really lax about this. <laughs> yeah, they're not as on it as uh, as Britain are. Um, 
However, let's let's get into this show. The first thing, obviously, we want to talk about is that Cody has announced that there is going to be a secondary men's singles title on the show called the AEW TNT Championship Tournament with an eight-man single elimination tournament taking place to crown the first champion. Uh, the first matches were announced on uh, Dynamite, sorry, on Dark on Tuesday with the second lot of matches announced on Dynamite. So the you know what's full- kind of funny? Go on. The T- and TNT is actually a promotion in Liverpool. <laughs> I don't think they're going to have much problem with that, to be perfectly honest. I say that, David Starr's been going, oh, AEW, you already have your champion. <laughs> um, what do you think of the name for the tournament before I announce the brackets? Uh, sorry, um, what do you think about the name for the championship, should I say? Well, it's essentially, it's essentially meant to be a, DV, a TV title. A TV title has too many bad connotations, thanks TNA. So, like, I'm, I'm fine with it. Like, you can tell immediately it's a secondary title by its name. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I mean, you say it's a secondary title just by its name. Let's have a look at the tournament, and I think that completely justifies your point. So, the matches that were announced on Dark uh, is Cody versus Sean Spears, which will be the first quarterfinal match to take place next week, uh, and then Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, well, welcome to the show by the commentary team of Tony Schiavone, Farrow, and Cody. Um, I'm not entirely sure about uh, Farrow's job on commentary. I don't think he added that much throughout the show. I don't know whether we'll see him next week. Um, but they announced that the second half of the tournament bracket will be Dustin Rhodes versus Kip Sabian, and then Lance Archer versus Colt Cabana. This is going to be a secondary title. I mean, you look at who's in there. But aside from Cody and, you know, potentially Darby Allen, those are all lower mid carders in this in this uh, promotion. Yeah. Um, also, I feel this could have been a bigger tournament. Like, for example, Trent versus Kenny had no reason. Yeah, I mean, you've obviously you've got a title on Kenny at the moment. You can also argue then that you've got Hangman Page not in there. Um, you can argue that Pac and the Lucha Brothers aren't in there, but the thing that you've got to think about is this is all leading to the final, which will take place at the aforementioned Double or Nothing, which means that presumably, well, definitely, these restrictions that we are all facing at the moment are still going to be in place in May. Um, So they're having to work with the talent that can get to the tapings or can get to the tapings where they did a whole batch load That's of fair. tapings um, because I know they're struggling to get pack into the country um, and things like that. So I think they've done the best they could because I think with a full roster, no offense, I don't think Kip Sabian touches this tournament. I guess, but also like you had Brody, you have Brody Lee who doesn't appear to be doing much on the card. Um, same with um, like there's, just enough to make this into a eight man turn, the uh, eight match, sixteen man tournament rather than a because um, you have Moxley and Hager coming up as well and all that. So like, there's pe- there's people. There and is. they're using like enough indie talent to go. Oh, we're going to give these people a chance. Like on Dark, we have like Sugar Dunkerton and shit like that. But would you want those indie talents who aren't signed to contracts, as so many of the AW roster are? Can't- Kind of, yeah, I'd quite like enjoy them getting the showcase. No, I disagree. I think they shouldn't be in a tournament for an AEW championship. Give them matches, absolutely, as was shown with, um, what was her name, Anna Jay uh, against Shida. 
Um, but I don't think they should be in a tournament at the expense of a member of the AEW roster who is signed to a contract. I think they should be given the chance. I mean, they've got an absolutely enormous roster as it is anyway, without then giving indie talents the chances in these big spots. Give indie talent chances on um, on the show? Absolutely, because I assume that the two members of the Dark Order from the semi-main were indie talent. But I don't feel like they should be given the opportunity in this tournament at the expense of people with contracts. Yeah, but they're not there. Like, I don't know. I just, like, honestly, I just wanted a, a reason for Kenny and Trent to matter. Oh, I agree with you. Like, I do agree with you. But also, you look at the people we have at ringside. Like, they could have been in. I, for, for I'm in fine with Billy Gunn not being in there. I was just going to say, I would love to have seen Orange Cassidy in this tournament, though. Oh, yeah. Like, just knock him out the first, first. Actually, no, have him go over someone. Like, I think, if I'm doing my head calculations right, like, you'd need, like, one or two of the indie talents I just mentioned. Have him, like, go over one indie talent and then, like, get destroyed by someone. So, who do you think is winning this tournament and who is your final? Archer. Archer versus Cody final. Yeah, I agree. With everything that's been built up with Jake Roberts and the debut of Lance Archer and how Lance Archer is gunning for Cody. You look at Archer's path. um, He's going through... um, Who's he against in the first round again? Colt Cabana. Cabana. So um, you have Ring of Honor standout. That's where Cody's from. That's a very loose link. But then like Dustin is definitely going over Sabian. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, I no, I agree so with like, you. His half goes through his brother and then to him. So it's simple booking, but stardom simple tournament booking. Really simple, really effective. Stardom apparently doesn't know how to do it. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm still salty. Yes, before you ask. Really, you're still salty, are you? You can't tell. Um. Anyway, let's delve into the show. Uh, it was Dasher, by the way, the mystery woman who we didn't know who she was. Uh, backstage last week. Um, She's doing ring announcing this week and we cut to our first match which was half of the AEW Tag Team Champions Kenny Omega versus Trent Beretta. Obviously during this we have wrestlers in the crowd again. Uh, Only the younger ones who are clearly not considered at risk um, and they are standing two metres away. Uh, What is your opinion on the wrestlers standing ringside Chris? Honestly, it gives it ambient noise, um, so like it's fine because they're probably there anyway for tape for like dark tapings or whatever, or yeah. for agency. So like, um, it's and it's a very small amount of people in a fairly big room, so like risk is fairly contained. Like, if they're there anyway, they're at, as at risk being at ringside as they would be, not at ringside. Like, don't get me wrong, like I still think shows like this should be cancelled until something happens. But, like, that's not going to happen. So, like, if they have to do something like this, I think it's the best way to do it. Yeah, fair enough. I'm I'm still not sure about it, if I'm perfectly honest, especially when you've got the best friends who are still hugging, despite, you know, it, it just I mean, feels pretty, very inconsistent. They live together. Even so, it's it's really inconsistent. You've got some people touching arms, then you've got some people getting really, really, really close to one another. And it just, you know, you've got people shaking hands, you've got people hugging each other. It just, it feels like 
I understand that AEW wants to provide a product that entertains in these terrible times. And in fact, Tony Schiavone mentions that exactly. But you've, I don't feel like they're treading that line properly. Yeah, no, but they could definitely be doing better. Why I'm, but they are getting progressively better. Like, I'm not saying they should at all be praised for that, but like, at least they don't have old people at ringside. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so let's get into this match then. Chris, what was your opinion of this match? Um, it was it was fine. I, it was a fun TV match. Um, it didn't really get going in, until like the until we were like five minutes in, and then Kenny decided that he was going to try and kill Trent. Um, did a, like a de- deadlift German off the apron onto the floor. That was amazing. I loved it. Um, and then a power bomb into the fucking post. Um, it's just it struck me while watching this match that um, the, the nice little symmetry because you know how like all in spawned from like as a little Ring of Honor spin off from yes. a bat made with Meltzer. And then that obviously spawned AEW. And like they're coming back to that route by having the same attendance as today's Ring of Honor product. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was a fun wee back, back and forth, and I enjoyed it. There was a lot of sick bumps, and the German off the top rope seems really unnecessary, but I still enjoyed it. Um, Billy Gunn and his son are really into every match, <laughs> like amazingly into every match. You know those Hollywood blockbusters where you've got um, a bloke who is trying to act younger than he is or is trying to fit That's in silly. with his... You know, trying to fit in with his son's friends so he can disguise himself. You know, something like that. That is what Billy Gunn is. They were dressed the same. It it was just so weird. Again, it really I, was. I feel like Billy Gunn's the type of person who takes his son to a strip club. <laughs> I completely agree with you. Um, what do you think about this match going 19 minutes and 10 seconds? Don't forget, obviously, the time limit was only 20 minutes, so this it went was... into the last minute. Well, I think we're trying to... Because Hangman's not there. I think he's not there because like, he doesn't want to be. I don't know. Um, like Because virus, obviously. Um, so like Kenny sort of pulling the tag tag champions on his own right now and like I think we're trying to make best friends look like a credible threat but I think we could have done that by having like Orange Cassidy shenanigans and then um, have Trent win but at the same time they need to fill space you know video packages can't do it for a whole show this isn't the NWA so yeah it was it, it was a fun enough match like I'd give it a 7 if it had stakes in any way or like if Beretta won and made and like four stakes into it it would probably be an 8 but yeah I'm fine with it going long like I don't know 20 minutes isn't that long <laughs> no um, I enjoyed the match I thought Trent was made to look really really good you know halfway through the match we we saw flip to gear from you know tag team friends to right, you've crossed the line, I'm going to kick the shit into you with Trent targeting Kenny's broken hand, which I thought was a nice a nice start. I thought both men looked absolutely amazing. I mean, we've said for many years and, you know, all the time on the Young Lion cast, you, you can't have a bad match with Kenny Omega. No. You'd have um, to be a really poor wrestler. This, this isn't as good as the um, New Japan match, but I think that went longer. And also, like, had more stakes. So, and also had a one ring danger off the second rope. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think that was a title match. It was for the United States Championship. So, again, those stakes that you mentioned that were missing from this. And 
I know that people are going to go, it's not. Having an empty arena does affect it because I think if the crowd were involved in that match, that would have been an eight-star match. You know, maybe even pushing a nine with the drama of, you know, that real, real heading towards that 20 minutes. Um, But nevertheless, a really, really, really good match. Really good showing for Trent, who continues to show why he was, you know, held in such high regard by New Japan and Kenny Omega continues to be Kenny Omega. Um, We then cut to highlights of last week's issues between Jericho and Matt Hardy uh, before we then get a Hikaru Shida video package, who they are really, really getting behind at the moment. They mentioned that she's the number one contender, and they basically mentioned how she has won the last six out of her seven fights. So really, really getting behind her, Chris. Well, yeah, they kind of have to. Like, when you look at the women's division, who would you push over her? Like, yeah, and Nyla was, like, the next in line um, for the title. That's been obvious since Rio won it, to be honest. But, like, over Shida, who are you pushing? Well, that was going to be my next question. You cut to double or nothing, which is, at the moment, you know, I don't know whether you can consider it's AEW's biggest show, but it's certainly one of their biggest shows. It's their flagship. Um who do you have taking on Nyla Rose? Well, for me, it's got to be Sheeda. She's the most consistent in the ring. And I think she's definitely shown that she's she's over. I think she's championship material. Um, yeah, she can also adapt. Like, she also does, like... Um, she also can use weapons well, which is good when you're against a giant. A lot of the um, offense is strike-based, so that's good for cutting someone down. Like, she's a perfect opponent for... Nyla also found out recently because she posted it on a, on Instagram. She used to tag with Sheeta, not Sheeta, um, Siri from um, Saddam from Donna Del Mondo. Ah, the loud one, the loud one. <laughs> I did not know that. There you go. Um, what did you think about her extended jobber match? It was fine. Again, we can't just have a straight up squash match because we already have one on the show, and um, we need to. They do need to um, fill time, and like you can't have Sheeta look like a complete world beater, because like at the end of the day, she's going to be the underdog babyface going into um, double or nothing. But and like this match went short enough for Sheeta not to look weak. Like all the offense that um, Anna Jay got in looks pretty like it wasn't a lot. Like and all the openings were sort of lucky breaks. Although despite the fact that it's basically just Sheeta strip. Um, but that's hard to say. She the showcase. Um, Anna Jay actually looked really good. Like I, I expect the way she was walking, I had the fucking fear. Like she appeared to have like Penelope Ford syndrome. But then, like she turned out to be actually be able to throw a kick. So we're fine. I mean, you always get the fear, don't you, when they don't get their own entrance? Yeah, it's not just that. The way she was walking, it was like two thousand. It was like one. She was walking like a Bella twin. Yeah, I think she had the sass, but I think that was partly her character, wasn't it? I mean, she had that yeah. wonderful moment partway through the opening exchanges where she just turned around and flicked Sheeda in the head with her hair. And she got the confidence and, you know, she had a blockbuster and a cover for two. So she got the moves as well. Um, I did enjoy her getting caught in the triangle when uh, she that, went for a cocky that was pin. so good. I loved that. <laughs> It was it was seamless, wasn't it? But I think as well, Jay deserves credit for that because Jay 
was on top of Sheeda at this point, and, you know, she got overconfident, a little bit cocky, and Sheeda was able to pounce. And I think that sort of, that dynamic worked between the two of them. I absolutely think that it was a bit too competitive. I thought Jay got a little bit too much offense in, but it was a solid match. Like you said before, they need to show off Sheeda and how good she is and fucking hell that forearm. Um, but yeah, exactly. But Jay, like you say, Jay with two eyes for some unknown reason. That is quoted by Cody. Um, yeah, she looked very, oh, very good. This match brought up a big problem I have with Cody in commentary. He whistles so much. Yes, whenever he brings up a point. Oh, that that suplex. Whew. Yeah, he do, he does do that a lot, like, and I hadn't noticed it until this match. And like the mic is right next to you, Cody. Stop it. Obviously, ringside throughout this, you've got the heels on one side. You've got Britt Sorry. Baker, Penelope Ford, Kip Sabian, and Jimmy Havoc. Um, Jimmy Havoc, who during the Kenny Omega and Trent match attempted to give Trent a wrench to hit Kenny Omega with, which I thought was quite funny. And then on the other side, you've got um, Bart and Austin Gunn. And then I believe Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy joined them on that side as well. Yeah, we did best friends were on that side. And there was someone else, but I can't remember who, but it was a girl. Uh, it must have been a girl. No, Brandy. Brandy came out during the Cody match. Because <clears throat> we can't have... <laughs> nice things. <laughs> we can't have it. We just can't go a fucking episode, can we, Rob? We'll get on to... Actually, we'll get on to her in a second. Um, but I'm seeing what you're getting onto is um, Britt Baker started annoying Sheeta and then Sheeta. I I wouldn't want to piss off Sheeta. It's more the fact that rather than pissing her off, Britt decided that she was going to disrespect Sheeta by eating what looked like a chicken burger just just in front of her. Clearly bored with the match, Sheeta took issue with this. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, <laughs> kicked the um, barricade I mean, and then is she? No, I said maybe. Oh, okay. Um, and basically, Britt takes off her shoe, which gives birth to the greatest line of the entire night. Why is Britt taking a shoe off to eat a sandwich? I think Cabana got on commentary after this because the Cody match, Cody had to go get ready for his match. And Cabana was like, who uses a shoe? Amazing. Amazing. Um, but to be fair, Britt Baker's only good for the memes. She's literally not good for anything else. She can't cut a promo. She can't work. Uh, like, h- how can... Like, I'm not being funny. You know how, like, Nikki um, Babella's got better because they were in pro- proximity of, like, wrestling geniuses... Ge- relative wrestling geniuses like Cena and a proper wrestling genius like Brian. Yes. Like, they got, they got a wee bit better in terms of their psychology. How can Britt Baker's not getting better? <sighs> yeah. I mean, I think AEW at the moment are doing a good job of accenting what positives Britt Baker has. How how many positives there are in Britt Baker remains to be seen, but, you know... I have more upside of the wrestler than Britt Baker. Garth is fucking du- on his deathbed right now, and he has more upside than fucking Sheeta. Not Sheeta, um, Baker. We miss you, bro. Um, <laughs> but... Oh shit, he's actually going to listen to this one, because it's not a watch long. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, i She's okay on the mic. She's not a world beater and she's not great, but she's okay. The stuff with Tony Schiavone is entertaining. How long that can go on, no, it I don't know. I, I quite enjoy it's it. It's the same joke every fucking week. Oh, he worked in Starbucks. Yeah, fucking... We, don't, we cannot be a dentist. Yeah, but how many ways has she got to spell Tony Chris? That's the I mean, question on everyone's lips. I mean, like, I'm not being funny, 
we do it better when we talk about Dawaki. <laughs> Dawaki. <laughs> um, we then have a sort of promo package um, dealing with John Moxley's issues with the inner this circle. Um, this like, was amazing. Sort of, the first two were just sort of like your average video package, like what you'd imagine playing like on a commercial break in a pay per view or something. This was like a proper, proper like a legit feeling high package. Like you see, they're really high packages and they're like really good, really high quality, but also like. Is not like a real sport. Whereas AEW, this actually feels like a prop. Like like a New Japan um, video package it has more of that kind of feel. It felt like a UFC fight. Yeah. It felt um, like an, a real blockbuster fight. They had Moxley since... sitting down. They had Hager sitting down. They had Jericho and uh, Guevara sitting down and building this match. And then you've got sort of interspersed around this. You've got footage from Bellator of Hager absolutely destroying fools, which makes him look like an absolute bastard. Have you seen the state of some of Hager's opponents in Bellator? No, I haven't. Like, like one of them is like, looks like he just brought a bag of ham to the weigh-in or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he he looks like the type of person who turned up an autograph book. They in that case they did a very very good job of hiding that during this hype package. <laughs> um, but yeah, like um, Hager felt like a legit badass, especially with Jericho pumping him up. Like it, you didn't have to think about um, oh, but we're not going to let Hager win because he's not the leader. When Jericho says oh, but um, I don't care, I just want it to be in a circle because they don't like Moxley as champion. Yeah, and again, Jericho uh, made reference to the elite saying how we're not like the elite. If one of us is champion, we're all champion. We're not like the elite. We don't drink on the job. We don't hit each other with our finishers and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And again, he's still just sowing that seed, reminding everyone that, yes, we are in a bit of a holding pattern at the moment, but once we are out of this holding pattern, we are going to have this blood and guts match with um, the elite. And he references that later in a later promo as well. And, like, I like Mark, because Moxie does come off as, like, Conor McGregor type, like, I don't care if I'm the most disciplined, I'm just going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And this, you know, they announce um, that it's going to be Moxley versus Hager in a no-holds-barred match for the championship in two weeks. It's not going to be a pretty match by any stretch of the imagination. It's probably not going to get many stars, if I'm perfectly honest. But, fingers crossed, if they do it properly, it There's should like a be... Territory... A- if it's like a territory brawl, and that would be perfect. Yeah, it should be a brutal match. And I'm thinking, the one thing that comes to mind, I know it's not that brutal a spot, but it's a really, really good visual. Um, on Raw um, 2016, when Charlotte and Sasha Banks were in the middle of that feud, and you'd got Charlotte, sort of, uh, they'd gone into the crowd, and on the stairwell they had those bars in between the stairs, and... Sasha had put Charlotte underneath one of those and was doing the bank statement over the top of one of those. And it just, it was such a cool visual. And I want to see shit like this. I want to see stuff that physically makes me want to wince. You've built Hagen now as someone who can properly if, hurt you. Show you me want, now. If you want that, I have a match for you. It's Samoa Joe versus Necro Butcher. And, like, Necro Butcher doesn't know how to bump, so, like, we went for a power slam on the floor, but Necro Butcher didn't flip and just landed on his forehead. Oh, my God. No, no, no. No, no, no. And say, like, he, he tried to do an exploder off of the apron. Again, Necro Butcher can't flip, so he just landed on his head. 
Like none of it was Joe's fault. Just Necro Butcher can't do the stuff he said he'd do with Joe. Um, Colt Cabana then joins Tony on commentary and quips that he doesn't have his own jacket. Um, I think Colt should be on commentary full stop. Um, yeah, he he was good on Ring of Honor. He's good here. Um, yeah, I, I, like I see no reason. Well, I see, but I see no reason to for the empty shows. But I think like Excalibur and Shivani make a good enough team, and then JR's there as well. Just to clarify, I did mean instead of Cody. Ah, okay, yeah, no, any, anyone's better. <laughs> anyone is better. I say that Kenny Omega did he even say anything when he was on commentary last week? Um, he did. He was more the person clarifying the moves for Tony, and he did a good job. But he's got a very. If he's not cutting a promo, he's got a very, very monosyllabic voice, a very boring voice, and I yeah, think it, that like, sort of when he, merged. I remember this now, because when he cut in, I, sing, I don't know why I didn't say it, but I distinctly remember thinking, oh, you sound like one of those fucking nerds who keep correcting me on, like, fucking wrestling pages. <laughs> Actually, you know, remember our Fire Pro videos? I, I clicked on one of them the other day, because nostalgia. You know what the only comment one of them has is? Me, someone correct me in what a move is called. That's the only co- like so many views, so many likes. That's the only comment, and it's like, oh, I'm sorry that I didn't know I need to. It's called the fucking kitchen. Get the fucking name right, then you loser. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Kevin <laughs> Kelly called the fucking tiger drive, um, called the tiger driver '96 a fucking J driller for the longest time, and no one complained. Well, well, that's a lie. I complained, but <laughs> I don't count. We then cut to a Jake Roberts promo again. <sighs> um. This man is just fantastic. Um, He says that Cody keeps playing games and it's not making them happy even though he's smiling. Uh, They don't play. He makes references to gambling and how you don't gamble with casinos. He has an ace up his sleeve. It's so good, but you forgot the horrific... The last time Jacob Snake Roberts tried to cut a gambling promo. That's exactly where I was going with this. He makes reference to cards and gambling, which for anyone who has seen Jake Roberts in the Legends of Wrestling show, or is it Heroes of Wrestling? Is it Heroes of Wrestling? I don't think it matters. Um, it's it's the show where Roberts is absolutely out of his tree, and it's him at his yeah, lowest point. It's awful. Imp- where they had to improvise. Everyone on that, like the only person who's not at his lowest point on that show is Jim Neidhart, and that's because he once dressed up as a KKK member to attack Virgil. Yeah, true. I mean, let's not forget that Yokozuna comes in and he must be close on 700, 750 pounds. Like, I'm not being funny. When Yokozuna came out, it's like he ate all three of us. Yeah, he he was enormous. Um, this promo was great and he signs off by saying, you best ask your wife because it's clear she wears the pants in the family. And all I said was, yeah, probably. <laughs> Actually, um, yeah. I got to the end, like, it was just a bit where he goes, um, do you really think casinos? Uh, do you really think casinos do this to go broke? I'm sick of you holding the cards. I have an ace. It's great. It's absolutely amazing. The man is building Lance Archer so well. Lance Archer then debuts in ring next, and the booking committee. They kept his music. They did. Everybody dies. Um, but the the booking committee. The booking committee deserve a fucking award for choosing Marco Stunt Marco as Lance Stunt. Archer's first opponent. I mean, like to be fair, like in sort of like real fight terms, it kind of makes sense because Stunt doesn't have a winning record, and in this company, Archer doesn't have a record. So, like in sort of a real fight sense, kind of make it kind of makes sense. But also, holy shit, are they mismatched? 
this might be oh. my match of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I have never seen a man bump so high. I mean, there's one moment where Lance hits a suplex. And usually you hit a suplex, you flat back bump, that's it. He hits a release suplex from one corner of the ring and Marco hits the other side side of the ring without bouncing. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. This is absolutely a case for minimalism in wrestling. Like, which basically every Brock Lesnar match is. Like, every time I watch one, it's like, there's nothing happening, but this is amazing. That's basically this match. But things did happen. Marco Stunt was murdered. Like, again, it happens every time. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is absolutely how Braun Strowman should be booked now. Fuck all these weird comedy angles and whatever shit he's doing on SmackDown. This is absolutely how he should be booked. Because even though Marco Stunt obviously never stood a chance, for God's sake, there's like a foot and a half difference, 157 pounds, I think they put on the the, uh, lower third. The height difference is almost as big as us and Gaff. Yeah. I mean, this man was absolutely destroyed. He got hit with a choke slam that, honestly, the amount of height Stunt got. I mean, Stunt made Lance Archer look like an absolute fucking beast in this match. Um, he hits him with that ridiculously high choke slam, and Stunt um, is absolutely comatose at this point, but Archer pulls him up, hits him with the blackout, and pins him at 3 minutes 44. But is he done, Chris? No. No. He turns back round. He turns back round. Obviously, Colt Cabana is on commentary and Lance Archer will be taking on Colt Cabana in the TNT Championship Tournament. He turns back round, gets Marco onto the apron and absolutely lawn darts him into the audience. Fucking hell! Yeah, Archer's crazy. If they're booking him like this, I'm not too mad that he's not in New Japan now, but I'm still kind of mad. I mean... In New Japan, they, I'm glad they are making reference to how good he was in New Japan. Um, but I like, we just keep saying Japan, which I find quite funny. Let me ask you a question. If this had have happened pre-G1 Climax 29, would you be that bothered that Archer no. had left? Exactly. No, but now he's amazing. Well, yeah. I'm like, well, now he's amazing. And also, now, who, who's your big man in New Japan? Fale. Um... Uh, yeah, it's difficult to think of anyone else. Tangle lower, yay. When, like, when all Japan have a better giant um, roster than you, like a violent giant is their champion. That is true. That is true. So Adam has more fucking monsters than. Are <laughs> you thinking of Tora? No, I'm thinking of Tam. Ah, uh, fucking. <laughs> oh, cute Tam. Um, no, but she's also secretly a monster. Yeah, true. We have a promo backstage then, another segment with Brody Lee. And Jesus Christ, Chris, <laughs> is Brody like, Lee growing into this role or what? Well, did you listen to his um, Jericho interview? Yes, I told you to listen to it. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, fucking. But he didn't let him cut a promo. And, like, turns out. I didn't know this. I haven't. The only stuff I've seen on the Indies are like move compilations for Brody Lee. It turns out he's an amazing promo. He's a very articulate and well-spoken bloke, and I didn't realize yeah, that until the podcast. Like no, he doesn't. He looks like a bruiser. N- yeah, look, well, Bruiser Brody. Oui. Fair, apparently, Bruiser Brody was apparently surprisingly articulate. Anyway, um, the <laughs> yeah, this like if there was any doubt, 
that this was a Vince McMahon parallel. There's none now. He's sitting in front of a screen where there's just static. Um, he tells a person to get up, one of his minions, and uh, he says, tell them what I told you to say. Um, he tells them, you know, he says, oh, thank you, thank you, Mr. Lee. And he explodes at him that his name is Mr. Brody. I don't know why you would prefer that as your name, but okay. Um, he explodes at him. The minion then says, uh, we are one. And clearly says it wrong because Brody Lee goes up again and says, I said you say it like this. And then one of them yawns. Genuinely, I knew this was taped. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not one of those people who thinks wrestling's real. But I genuinely, he yawned, and I went, oh, shit. (laughs) No, because I think you get lost in that reality. Like, for example, when Tony Stark dies in Avengers, you're still sad about it. Yeah. It's like that. But So, yeah, he yawns, and I'm like, oh... No, honey. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, babe. What are you doing? But instead of just bollocking him, instead of, you know, which he'd already done with the other minion, he shows that alternative side where he just sits down to him and goes, why are you yawning? What's, what's, going, what's going on at home that means you're so exhausted? Every place is shut. Every other place in the world is shut. What can you possibly be doing? And it's just the way that that soft-spoken thing, we still have that edge to his voice. We're like, oh, shit. Don't forget as well that during this, he screams the word fucking as well, yeah. which got bleeped out. I, for me, um, I was thinking about this, because they're both cult... Bray Wyatt and um, Brody Lee are both... Well, well, were, in Bray's case, cult leaders. And that's why he was scared about the comparison. But they're very different kind. Like, for example, Bray Wyatt's sort of like your Charles Manson crazy... Everyone's going to commit mass suicide, crawl through the streets and fuck each other type of, type of thing, maybe castrate each other at some point. Uh, I remember that promo. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have um, Brody Lee, who very much strikes me as sort of like... Have you ever seen Louis Theroux's um, Scientology documentary? Never seen the Scientology one, no. Okay. Actually, it's really it's actually a really funny story behind that. Like, it was like a... Um, it was going to be a document, an inside documentary. They didn't allow him inside, so then he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna like make a Scientology movie." And then like the Scientology just messed with him so much that he couldn't do it. So he just turned into a documentary about trying to make the Scientology film. Um, anyway, so like he strikes me like that. He's sort of like the crazy person promising people a higher power, but also like having a front of like this normal thing. Like in reality, is such a short fuse. Like, and we sort of saw that in the next match. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll we'll move on to that next match as well because the natural yeah. nightmares is that what okay, they were called? So, yeah. So his thing. Uh, my notes say eight and nine versus Dustin and Cutie, um, accompanied by useless fuckface. I mean, that's harsh. That's harsh. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> every, every week we see Brandy. What's the last thing she did right? She she's not even good. At, she's not even good at throwing apples. No, it did. It did look very difficult for her. Um, but yes, members, and this I really liked with the Dark Order. It wasn't just Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. It was you know minions of the Dark Order. They weren't given names. They were just eight and nine, um, which leads Colt to tell a joke about you know why is eight the scary number or seven the scary number. Um, we then have obviously the Natural Nightmares who are debuting. Um, in the tag team division. I think that's probably the right place for QT Marshall. Um, not for Dustin, though. 
No, no, I, I disagree. I I disagree with how Dustin's been put into the tag team division, but with this yeah, secondary I title, I think favorites. that's probably where he's going. Um, yeah, um, this match was nothing really. QC Marshall was surprisingly good, but I feel I feel like every time he hits a move properly, I'm like, oh, he can actually wrestle, as opposed to being, you know, a useless fuckface. <clears throat> Brandy. Um, yeah, but I have no notes of this match. Nothing really happened. Like, QC got the hot tag. He apparently had... He, I forgot we placed a mask on him last week. He rejected it. Eight and nine got dispatched. Um, and then Lee came out. And, like, very quickly, how menacing was, like, how scary does Lee look? Like, he shouldn't because of that fucking, like, those trousers. But still, he is. He's deceptively tall and deceptively broad. I think it's so... Yeah. The problem was in WWE, he was always paired with Rowan, and Rowan's like yeah. seven foot one, so he doesn't look as big or as imposing. But no, it's on like his own Drew here, didn't look, Drew didn't look big because he was always like feuding with Big Show, and then it's like he, go, he goes to the Indies. It's like, oh shit, he's actually huge. He's massive. Um, yeah. But but yeah, like not only did he look, but he like he, I was worried for everyone in, in attendance when he came out. Like it was like an old Undertaker, like how he used to feel about the Undertaker. Yeah, Dustin attempted to sort of face off with him, and the way Brody Lee dismissed him with this look was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And you're absolutely right. I feared for Dustin at this point. Like, and then I feared for number, I think it was number nine who got killed. Whoever took the pinfall after the double team finisher, then Brody Lee came in and gave them a savage powerbomb and walked off. Was, yeah. I'm glad he stopped doing the sort of Bray Wyatt um, thing into the... Like, I like the um, Discus Labbit, but he needs to stop doing the Bray Wyatt thing. Um, yeah. Like, that was cute once, but he, then he did it last week too. Plus, it's uh, not really a setup. No, it's not. Like, it makes sense to Sister Abigail because you're dropping him on his head, but here, you're just sort of like... It's like it's your normal thing with extra steps. Um, but yeah, no, this was... This like dark order around to joke now. Like, well, it's weird, mate. You know, you know how like in like Aces and Eights, everyone, no one was taken seriously but Bully. That's sort of the thing Dark Order has, and I think that works for them since it's a cult. Mm. Like, um, Brody Lee didn't see these people as people. He sees them as like people to throw at, but like stones to throw at people to get his way. The cannon fodder is what they are. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. And like that's all they need to be. Yeah, especially Evo Uno, who's <clears throat> still shit. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that goes on. I'm I'm intrigued to see the the uh, the exchanges between Brody Lee and Evo Uno. We move on then again to a video package with Chris Jericho in his hot tub drinking the bubbly. First, first of all, I love how he pours a glass and then drinks out the bottle. This video package was absolutely it was incredible. Amazing. It was so like, brilliant. Can I, can I t take it down? Because I actually have it all nobody know. Go for it. So, starts off, he's in he's in his um, hot tub, and he's like, oh, the champion here. I bet you're wondering why I'm here, not there, drinking a little bit of bubbly. Because, you know, the meme's not dead yet. And he, he starts chatting shit about the Elite, like, literally went through every member of the Elite. It's like... It's like... Just apparently everyone's useless in the elite, which makes sense. And then, like, as he kept going, Vanguard 1 just turned up. And then he came down. And Jericho 
had had a t-shirt ready for him. I can only assume it was the t-shirt Jericho was wearing, because otherwise, why is it just on the chair? Um, so he picks it up. He's like, "Here, put it on." <laughs> he puts it on, <laughs> like a little. He hooks it onto Vanguard, and he's like, "See, you look good. You look good. Come join me um, in a cir- circle." And then Vanguard flies off, and Jericho's annoyed because Vanguard stole his t-shirt. <laughs> so he chases after him, and then and then Rob he releases the hound. Jericho turned to Le Palais de Champion, which is what the place was legitimately called, yelled to the house, release the hounds, and this posse of the cutest mismatched puppies started chasing after Vanguard. I wanted to cuddle them all, Rob. It was adorable. Like, (laughs) and the thing is, the puppies actually chased it. And I was like, oh, poor things, because they're not going to get a prize for this. Apart from one who stayed on the doorstep. Yeah, but he was like, nah, mate, I've (laughs) too many takes, man, too many takes. (laughs) I really appreciated the fact that Jericho was in the hot tub, but was in his wrestling trousers when he got out of the hot tub. You know what else I love is um, just how very clearly he's wanted to work, do a broken map thing for a while. He's all in on this, and I think he's the perfect person to do shit like this with. Like, you know how, even like Jeff, he was only like halfway into broken stuff when he did it. Yeah. Like, you think, look at Final Deletion. Well, I love that match for my heart. Like, for what it is, it's 10 out of 10. But (laughs) Jeff was like, he's not a good enough actor for it. You know, like when Matt's going, oh shit. And then Jeff says, oh, right. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, shit. And it's like, I don't believe it. Jericho is like such a good actor, such a good promo that I believe. I believe that he believes of this. Let's put it this way. There's a reason that Jeff Hardy was a WWE champion in the WWE and Matt wasn't. And that's because um, Jeff was always seen as the better wrestler. Matt has always been the better promo. Always. The thing is, Matt's also better at fundamentals, at pacing a match. Jeff just jumps off shit. Well, he said on his episode of the uh, the Talk is Jericho podcast, Matt actually says, Jeff is an amazing wrestler and would do shit that I wouldn't even touch. But he'd just go, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And that's basically what the dynamic was. Matt yeah, and we, Edge would... We talked about that in... Uh, yeah, we talked about that in the... Because um, Matt Hardy's been on before um, the Jericho podcast and discussed that. Event, and we also discussed it, believe it or not, on like every Hardy documentary WWE's done with. Like, yeah, Matt... It was, well, it was Matt Edge and Bubba who put all, put all those matches together. Yeah, the WrestleMania 17 one, yeah. And, yeah, so it would always be, like, Matt and... To be fair, like, it's super weird, because, like, of those three mentioned, like, Bubba and Edge are the obvious standout, and then, like, Matt's just secretly the best Hardy. Yeah, he's right, a classic it's taken, best it's taken Hardy. A, it's, it's taken a while for, like, the wrestling world to come around to that, but, like, I think they have now. Because, like, Jeff's stuff is only impressive up until the point where he's getting hurt all the time, which we're finally at. It's certainly going to be interesting to see where Jeff fits in in the WWE now he's back. I can see him just being in the US division again. Because to be fair, like, if you put, you, he was the most over thing on the house show I went to a couple of years ago. Oh, God, yes. Oh, God, yeah. Hardy's yeah. way when I went like, as well. He was, so, was, was so over that like his, the opening match was against Nakamura. Really good match. Went backstage, and then like he did a run-in to help the club against Sanity. Which, by the way, remember when Sanity was a thing? Remember when Sanity were good? Remember when Sanity oh. were tag champs in uh, NXT? No. Oh, yeah, to be fair. I didn't like them as champ. 
well, it's a bit like Bray Wyatt with a belt. Does he need it? No, but also, like, I think there was a better way to take it off him and Goldberg. We've got inside. How did we get here? <laughs> Let's move on. Um, so they previewed the TNT title tournament, saying that next week it will start. So um, the next episode of Dynamite, which presumably has been taped, with Cody taking on Sean Spears. And then the following week, that will be Lance Archer versus Colt Cabana. And we'll also have that aforementioned title match between Hager and and Moxley. So that's going to be a real banger of an episode of Dynamite. Um, We then cut to House Dilla Jackson, where um, Matt and Nick are both wearing hideous vests. um, AEW vests as well. I I preferred the one Matt was wearing to the one that Nick was wearing. So so did I. I, To be honest, so did I. Nick Nick looks... He couldn't look more Big Lebowski if he tried. (laughs) I don't get that. I've reference. never seen that film. Yeah, we know. Um, Matt. But, no, but like, no, normally when you make a reference, I at least get the reference. I don't even get the draft. I don't <laughs> even get the reference. Uh, Matt's bought a ring to a random tennis court and they How? sort of. How has he done this? No idea because there was no storage system there. The only people there watching them in the ring were Nick Jackson's family, including his newly born child. Congratulations, Nick, who I can only presume were the ones who built this ring. Especially the newly born child. You need to learn a trade. <laughs> um, Nick says he does. He feels all right in the ring. Can't remember anything about the inner circle attacking him. Says he's not quite ready for fair, a comeback yet. You wouldn't. If there was a door dropped on his head. Yeah, difficult to uh, difficult to say otherwise. Really, isn't it? Um, at least, he, at least he's not doing. We're not like so many times people get a head injury and come back the next week. I'm glad they're actually selling this. Like I like because like it's, it, I guess it, I'm not sure, but like in wrestling, you do need to accelerate time a tiny bit if it's not a real injury. He was like, "Oh, you ready? Yeah, not quite, but I feel fine." You say that though, Chris. If the coronavirus hadn't stopped people coming to wrestling shows, do you think Nick Jackson would still be off TV? He's not. He's a, not an historically good seller. Exactly. So like is Matt, it a case it's of Matt doing the back? Yeah, is it a case of, you know, well, no one's allowed in and we'd rather stay at home with our kids, understandably, um, as everyone should be. Um, So are they then writing that into the angle of Nick's head injury? Because Matt clearly wasn't that fussed because he came back into the main event and helped out. So he wanted that arsed. We then cut to the main um, event. Oh, sorry. Who's your favourite buck? Matt. Yeah, Matt, because he he actually sells. Um. Yeah, I mean, he sells one thing, but he sells it. But again, no, he sold his knee in the Proud and Powerful match. Okay, I like Matt. You do? Gaff doesn't. <laughs> yeah, Gaff doesn't like Matt. Um, Gaff doesn't like Matt, though. We then go to the main event then. So, previewing the TNT tournament, we've got the team of Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears taking on the team of Cody and Darby Allen. Chris, what do you think of this match? First of all, I did enjoy the entrances just because um, Guevara was d- doing his vlog thing and dropped the phone. Yes. And and then um, when Cody came out, like Darby was just sitting, like um, staring into the stars and Cody was just looking and going, yeah, you're all right? <laughs> you're okay there? He does also go to kiss Trent instead of his wife, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, I would, I'd rather kiss Trent too. Um, He's an attractive bloke. He's a very attractive man. 
Like, I'm not saying, like, Brandy is an attractive woman, but, like, trans gun to my head, I'd say yes. Okay. You heard it here first, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, the match itself, genuinely the best match Spears has had in the company, I would say. Yeah. Um, Garth really liked, like, we, me and Garth were talking about this, like, like, last time it was just me and him doing the watch along. He really liked um, Cody versus Spears. Like really liked it. I thought it was like just okay. It was. It was. Over- it was okay. It was, it was a bit overindulgent. Let's put it this it's way: it doesn't make all- me want to watch another version of it in this tournament. Nope. Um, a bit gaffs happy though. Um, the fever would do that to you. The yeah, Cody. Like the story going into this is like, oh, it's interesting because Cody's beating, beating everyone in this match. I'm like, oh yeah, he has beaten everyone on this match in like important points in AEW history. He has, yeah, and I like the fact that AEW reference that and go back to that and work it into storylines as well because it does help you, you know, because effectively this is a throwaway tag match, but the fact that they're building up those little stories and using the past results to build up stories really, really helped me to immerse myself in this match. Yeah, because Darby also beat Sammy at um, Revolution and then Spears has been doing something on Dark, I don't know. He's been be- he's been betting. He has a gambling problem, which was a point in this match which I did quite enjoy. That was great. Right, so um, Spears put um, ten dollars down. Sammy put ten dollars down. He was like, right, ten seconds. One, two, three for for a stalling suplex. Did it. And then Sammy came in, did it for fifteen seconds, which is more impressive to be fair because Sammy's a lot smaller. And then <laughs> Spears was like, okay, twenty. And then so and then Darby kept countering out of the um like finding fairly creative ways actually to counter out of the um suplex. It was good. It was fun. Yeah, really, really good. I thought Darby was the MVP of this match, to be perfectly he's honest. He's always the MVP. Every time he's in a match, he's the MVP. Um Cody eventually ends up in the heels uh, side and gets beaten up um by Havoc, by who's using heel. a wrench, and Br- uh, Brit. <laughs> Who's using the aforementioned shoe? Yeah, like, at least with Havoc, it sort of fits his character. Well, I mean, Brat, Brit, it sort of works. I guess, but, like, Jimmy Havoc, I can believe, is someone who just carries around random weapons. <laughs> um, Every time I watch Cody, Cody is getting ever so slightly better in the ring. His hot tag after um, Sammy and Sean had done their you know, their vertical suplex bit. His hot tag was great. Really quick, really high energy, and it was really impactful, which is what I I feel sometimes he lacks. I think he's just trying harder because he's owns the company. Mm. Uh, Yeah, maybe. Like I'm not being funny. He he would definitely have all like all these very fundamental things that he's so good at now in like New Japan or Ring of Honor. Mm. No, I got no, see that. Working with equally, or if not better, people. Like, I'm not being funny. He laid he laid eggs with such good people. Like he laid an egg with Ibushi at Dantaki. and like he laid an egg with um he he laid several eggs with Omega. Why is he suddenly amazing? I know I say this every week, but it baffles me. I think it's because an American style suits him better, where you know promos and things can build into uh- it. I mean, yeah, like his best um, matches in New Japan are in front of American crowds, like his Okada match and his Juice match. His 
the not the one you're thinking of. Calm down. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Sammy Guevara continues to sexually harass Brandy, and Cody <laughs> continues to do nothing about it. Yeah, following on from last week where he didn't give a shit. Uh, he Co- didn't Cody give a shit this week. Like, he didn't even like start hitting Sammy Harder. You're you're against each other in a match, and he's sexually harassed. It's not even like a cute, stupid thing by a kid. He's he's a tw- he's a twenty three year old man sexually harassing someone's wife. I mean, it wasn't even him that broke it up. It was Darby. It was Darby. Like Darby cares more about Brandy's well being than Brandy's fucking husband. <laughs> um, what did you think about Cody's uh, suicide dive, where he very, very nearly basically dismembered himself by getting his feet caught on the ropes. God, that worried me. But the fact that doesn't happen more often actually surprises me. Like, the last time I can think... Actually, I'd say that. I can think of twice it's happened. Once, Liu Kang Sharp at Discovery Show. Seriously, he fucking necked himself. I'm surprised he was okay. But then again, he's tiny, so it makes sense. But and then also Sasha Banks and Raw a while ago, where Asuka literally had to kick her to save her. Well... Yeah, didn't Darby do it at Revolution, where he got his feet caught and very, very nearly destroyed himself against Sammy? Thing is, though, I I can't put it past Darby for him not to have done that on purpose. He's an absolute maniac. Yeah, as shown later in this match, because he climbed up a fucking post and did a coffin drop. He did, and this sort of lent into the finish. Um, He, like I said, climbed to the top of this pole that's holding the ceiling up. Coffin drop, rolls... um, Sean Spears back in, attempts to coffin drop him, but Sammy gets in, saves Spears by getting to the top rope. Cody is then on the top rope battling with... Um, Sammy hits him with an inverted superplex, which looked nice. And oh, then that was nasty. Spears hits a frog splash halfway across the ring, which was impressive. Um, we then have some shenanigans with a chair, and uh, basically... Um, Sean Spears cradles Allen for the win. And a nice victory for Sean Spears. Decent match, Chris. Yeah, we've seen a lot of bad tag matches in the last few weeks on Dynamite. This wasn't one of them. It was really fun. Really well put together, apart from like the fact that Cody does not defend his wife at all. Seriously. I'm actually starting to worry about their relationship. But um, also, um, couldn't have Spears... Like, if it's going to be a roll-up finish, couldn't Spears roll up Cody? I wonder, I mean, after the match, Darby lays out Cody, um, sort of yeah. building into this tournament because presumably what is going to happen is we're going to have Cody and Darby again in the second round, in the, the semi final. To be fair, that's, cons- that's a very consistently really good match. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't doubt that that will get a good reaction. Um, so. Looking at the brackets... Especially from Billy Gunn in the front row. <laughs> An Austin Gunn. Um, so, looking at the brackets then, we've got Cody defeating Sean again. Yeah, probably. Unless they really want to swerve us. The difficulty that you've got is, you want to give this title prestige, so you need your biggest mm-hmm. stars going the furthest any. but then again, do you have Sean Spears losing to Cody again? Is that why they've given, you know... Is that why they've given Sean Spears the sort of pity win here? Or, you know... I think we're just trying to throw like a... Like a, oh, it could happen, but like it's definitely not going to happen. It's like when um, your parents said that we're going to take you to Toys R Us over the weekend and then we just take you to B&Q. And like, quite frankly, that ruined my fucking childhood. But yeah, it's like that. Fair enough. Um, 
<laughs> and we definitely have Darby beating Guevara again. Bearing in mind, you can get away with the Cody versus Sean Spears match because that happened months ago. Sammy versus Darby happened in February. I can see there being inner circle shenanigans having Sammy beat Darby because Sammy versus Cody is also a really a fairly exciting rematch. That's the one I'm not sure about. I think we both know that Dustin is going to beat Kip Sabian, and I think we both know that Lance Archer is going to beat uh, Colt. Um, and then you're going to have Archer destroy Dustin on his way to Cody, and then I think Archer will be the first champion as well. Yeah, that's... Like, Cody would be be a good shout, I guess, because, like, it would automatically land prestige to that title. It's sort of like how you put it on um, the US title on Omega at first, and then um, he drops it to White, and then it's been on, like, sort of, like, when White was a mid-carder, and then it's just been in, like, mid-carters, and mostly Juice Robinson ever since. Yeah, no, I get that. Um... I think that Cody will think about how it looks that if he gives himself the title, but I think if you I want to give it prestige, you've got to put it on the... someone like that. I honestly think that's the biggest misstep we've made where we've said Cody can't have the main title. Because, like, and not be funny, but there's a, you never know what wrestling's going to be like. It's happened in basically every company. There's going to be a point where Cody might need to hold that title. They'll book around it. They'll book around it. There's, well, there's always it, loopholes. I guess if he goes heel, because he owns the company. Um, but like, I think like if he really wanted to like not put make himself a favorite, he he just needs to say to himself, right, I'm not going to put the title on me unless the story demands it. Like a natural story, like develops or something like that. Yeah, I mean, do you? Yeah, no. Let's. I agree with that. Let's end it. Let's end it there. Um, just because we've, I think we've reached a natural end to be perfectly honest to the podcast um so yeah chris <laughs> overall opinion of the show fun it was like if i had to give it a letter grade i'd give it like b possibly a high c like it was it was a fun enough weekly show but video packages were some of the best i've seen all year i can't think of a better video package i've seen all year actually can you then like the jericho one or like even the hager versus um moxley one um, sort of putting me on the spot there. I'm sure. I'm sure there has been a better one, but maybe it's the, up there. maybe the Lance one from last week. Yeah, it's up there. It was a very, very good promo. It makes Hager look like an absolute boss, and continues to make you know Moxley look like an absolute, just a reckless bastard. So it worked on that. Yeah, um, I really loved the Jericho Hardy stuff. So the one thing I want from that match because it's going to happen in a Hardy compound or something. But Jericho does the Judas effect to Vanguard. Oh. And then Mahadi loses because he's grieving over the loss of Vanguard. <laughs> There's going to be some wacky shit, and I'm excited for that. It breaks up the sort of, you know, the the amazing wrestling that takes place on a weekly basis. Um, So, yeah, thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We hope this is a little bit easier to stomach than a two-and-a-half-hour podcast per week. Um. At just clocking in at just over one hour and ten minutes. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere, wherever you get your podcast. You can also listen to them at our website, www.podmania.co.uk. You've also got all the archives of all our great podcasts over there, including our match ratings and our features. Um, you can talk, find us on the Twitter at at Podmania. Same with Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe to YouTube as well at Real Pod 
Mania. Um, you can talk to me on Twitter at, at RealRobGoodwin. Chris, where can they find you? Oh shit! Sorry, I kind of blanked out while you're doing your end and think. Oh no, um, <laughs> it's not. It's, it's not. It's not. No go to it. Fuck! What's my Twitter handle? And Bushi. And Bushi. Okay. Would you like to spell that out for the people? A. Uh, hang on. I, I actually can't remember. High quality podcast programming, ladies and gentlemen. This was the issue. This is why I initially changed it to Candy Chris ninety seven because I could not remember um, my actual. Um, Chris. But you're really glad you stayed for this part of the podcast, aren't you guys? So, funny story, this is now the day after the original podcast recording. Chris's internet dropped out, meaning we never found out the answer to the question, what is your Twitter handle, Chris? And then, for some strange reason, Audacity warped my recording for the last bit of the podcast. So, anyway, it's the following day. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Podmania, Facebook at Podmania Podcasts, and YouTube and Instagram at RealPodmania. And check out the website, podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans. Wrestling fans.